It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah, yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Welcome in. We are live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. Thursdays always a hell of a show here on the network. Uh, coming up today, we have Nigel Seeley, his best bets in soccer. Brad Powers in 90 minutes, college football, Mike Palman studio, and Paul Charchian with some uh, fantasy and player prop angles for tonight and Sunday in the National Football League. How are you feeling today? Pretty good. Last night was uh, kind of fun. Yeah, not bad. I mean, let's see, a couple college football games, overtime, the Aces win. We got drama in the ALCS. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's to be a fun day today and a couple days left where we got two baseball games. Yep, and tonight, the Thursday night game is where we are going to begin with the Jacksonville Jaguars on the road taking on the New Orleans Saints and across the board now, Paulie, the Saints are favored by one. The total is 40. And so the point spread has been a little bit back and forth this week. Remember, it opened up Pickham, got as high as three when it looked like uh, there's a good chance Trevor Lawrence might not play in the game. And then with the reporting going on this week, Lawrence coming out saying the progression on the knee has been really good in a span of like 48 hours, better than he thought it was going to be. But I will tell you that uh, after the news yesterday where the Jaguars signed backup quarterback Nathan Rourke off the uh, practice squad. I think that's a pretty telltale sign of where Trevor Lawrence is tonight in this game, right? I would say not close to 100% based on that news. And I wonder if there would be a prop up, like will two quarterbacks take a snap tonight for the Jags? Because I would, I would like to yeah. look at that number and say, yeah, I think that's possible. I already have the Saints. I'll go down with the ship, see what happens with Lawrence. Uh, I certainly love the Saints if it's Beathard. He's 2-10 career in the NFL. Uh, you got so many injuries you're dealing with with both sides here. And it's a big opportunity for New Orleans. I mean, e- even if you're going against uh, Lawrence, he's compromised. And certainly it's not the end of the world if you get beat. Because as you've talked about many times, this schedule is so easy. But this stretch they have that starts tonight where it's 
the Jags, the Colts, the Bears, the Vikings, the bye week. You know, you play the Lions. Other than that, there's only one team that's on the schedule after this with a winning record, and right. that's Tampa. And when you play them, they might be under 500. So if they can get this offense figured out, because, again, we know top five defense, and they're so good in this this underrun, if they just can get average play here from Carr, that they're going to win this division. And, uh, I mean, nine wins should get it done. Look at this schedule. Look at this. Giants, Rams, Atlanta, Carolina. Oh, I mean, it's and how it sets up here. If you get this one tonight, you're certainly cooking going into the bye. Okay, so defensively, it needs to be pointed out that Jacksonville has been really good this year. Defensive DVOA, they are seventh overall in the league, a strong number for this team. They are sixth against the rush, 10th against the pass overall, and their numbers grayed out pretty high across the board. However, <clears throat> having said that, Paulie, some key injuries in this game for the Jags on offense and on defense, and on defense, There is no Tyson Campbell, cornerback for this team, at Pro Football Focus, where they grade every single player in certain categories. Through six weeks of the season, they have Tyson Campbell graded out as the number one cornerback in football against the run. So that part will be missing tonight. Kamara has had an okay start since coming back. They're giving him a lot of touches it's not like he's ripping off a ton of huge runs or anything like that. But uh, not only that, but in, in other areas, Tyson Campbell's absence will be missed tonight. They're also without Zay Jones. And now check this out, too, on the offensive line. Walker Little has been ruled out. He's not playing tonight. And Brandon Scherf as well. He is questionable for the game. Then you have get a both tackles out for the Saints. It's Ram checks yeah, the, yeah. out, too. So that's, uh, yeah, welcome to Thursday night football with everyone hurt. You can throw it on Jacksonville. 31st against the pass, but we'll see if Carr can take take advantage of that. I mean, that's that remains to be seen. And, and certainly he threw for 350 last week, but couldn't get it in the end zone here. So I like everything under. Everything under. Game, longest touchdown, uh, give me the props. But but again, this 15-1 and one under run for the Saints going back here. Just been uh, astonishing what they're doing. And it's, you know, again, uh, why all these unders? And why the historic run and the 13-2 and two week? We just had, well, teams are 53% in the red zone going back that's here. Right. So that's, again, is what we've talked about, the red zone issues with several of these teams. I would actually look at, uh, take a peek at the field goals to go over. That might be one thing that you want to look yeah. at in this game tonight because of that. Now, rushing attempts, this is uh, playing into the total, right? A lot um, against going under 40 here, or I should say making the case here for the under 40. Rushing attempts per game. Jaguars run the ball 30 times plus per game. They are seventh in the league. Saints run it 28 times. They're 10th. Rushing uh, yards per attempt. The Jags 3.8, which ranks out at uh, 23rd overall. The Saints 3.4 yards per attempt, tied for 27th. So they like to run the football, but they're not great at it so far in the year. Passing yards per attempt. Jags 6.8, which is 20th in football. Saints 6.5. You're going to get a lot of underneath and dinking and dunking (laughs) from Derek Carr. That's 24th overall in the league. Yards per drive. Jacksonville, 18th in the league, Saints, 22nd. But there's this now. When you look at seconds per play, especially in a neutral game state in this game on paper here, basically a co- it's a flip, you know, coin flip game uh, with the Saints being a one-point favorite. Neutral game state, so within seven points. Jacksonville snaps the ball at the seventh fastest rate in the entire league. The Saints, the fifth fastest rate. And when the Saints are trailing, that goes up to the fourth fastest team in football. 
So keep that in mind tonight when you might see these two teams playing a little bit faster than uh, you would have expected going into the game. Do you like any player props if it's Beathard? I don't like Ridley over anyways with a Lattimore assignment. And no, if it's I not going to be right, what are they going to do in the passing game? And then you can't run on New Orleans. So then what does that mean for Etienne? Yeah. And, you, and so, so this is just tough to be on this early in the morning. And then just, you know, half, the, half the roster here is questionable. And we don't know key players in and out as well. Yeah, so. I would be looking at unders in this game, like you said, right? And that goes for the player props as well. I'm yes. looking at Etienne so far and the defenses that they've played against the run. They've played some okay defenses. Lately, by the way, Etienne has been really good. Uh, he had two touchdowns against Indy. But again, 18 carries, 55 yards. That's not great. Against Buffalo, was really he really shredded that defense. He had 26 for a buck 36 and two touchdowns. Buffalo defense is uh, number 12 in DVOA against the run. But against Atlanta, ranked ninth, he had 20 for 55. That's no good. Against KC, their rush defense is 21st in DVOA. He had 12 for 40. Could never really get it going. So he's had, I would, I would say, success in, you know, two or three games this year. I know he had the two touchdowns last week, like I said, but 18 carries for 55 yards, you need better than that. So I don't like where are, and when you look at uh, EPA per play with the explosive plays, where are they coming from tonight with both teams, you know, having, and the Campbell injury is big, I get that, but the Saints defense has been borderline elite this year, you know, despite the uh, schedule that they've played. Do you see like any of these teams like hitting a, a home run at all? I don't see yes, it happening. Do. You do? I could see uh, a lave or something deep down the field from the Saints' perspective. Maybe against yes. the Jacksonville secondary could yes. be where it's coming from, but I don't. I don't think the Saints are going to have a lot of success running, and I don't think right. the explosive plays are going to be there for J- the Jacksonville offense in this game. The way it shapes up, so I love no score first five minutes if it's Beathard too. You're going to come out conservative anyways. And I know he's a veteran, but you don't want to make a mistake and get, you know. So that that's another prop to look at, too. Yeah. Uh, come out and, and, and first first quarter under. I mean, let's just play everything under tonight. Everything. And, and you know, game, first quarter, and all that. And even if it's Lawrence, he's going to be, uh, he's going to be uh, compromised and, and, and damaged. Now, when he, overall, you know, including this game tonight and the whole week, we have 13 games. When do you think it's time to maybe dial back betting some of these unders and look to go actually over? Like, when are we going to get regression, in your opinion, at some point? Because it will happen. I mean, you're not going to continue at 60% to the under the entire year. Well, okay, we got more win games. We have to check yeah, the we weather. Do. Now it's going to get cold. We still have a lot of backups playing at the quarterback position. And again, the red zone issues continue to be a big problem uh, around the league. I mean, you have, what are we at, 16 teams now average less than 21 points a game? Maybe it doesn't yeah. have. Maybe it's going to take a long time. I don't know. Maybe it's just this is what the season is going to look like. That could be. Red zone well, issues, backup quarterbacks, whatever. It, I mean. Yeah, I think if you if like because the Tampa Bay Atlanta game touched 36 and a half yesterday for a total. So 37 is a key number on totals. A game can land 20 to 17, obviously. Um, but it touched 36 and a half and then it came back a little bit uh, late yesterday. Like 36 and a half is a really low total. If we're going to see that as commonplace in the NFL, are we going to get 20 to 13 games every single one? Like that seems t- difficult to believe. I- I'm with you. Like points can be, can continue to be down across the board. In fact, this is the lowest scoring the league has been going back 15 years. Lowest amount of points, fewest yards that are put on the board as well. Uh, our buddy uh, is going to be on the show tomorrow, Lou Finacaro. We'll talk about a great UFC card. He's also really good on the NFL. He wrote at his website, he thinks regression is coming this week. And the reason why is because you can't even really count the preseason. And he wrote that it takes a good month, maybe more than that, 
for these offenses and the line play to kind of gel and get used to each other before you can expect to see like some Christmas crispness. Is that a word um, out of these offenses across the board? Well, uh, it's it's what you've been saying for years. It's one thing if you want to go for it. We're totally fine with being aggressive. Yeah. What the hell are you drawing up, though? What are you doing in practice? That's right. Some of these play calls you see on fourth down are hideous and I want to vomit. So if the, Most red, of them are. if the red zone issues continue to be like this and, and look no further than the Monday night game, if you're going to get eight minute drives that result in nothing and then the opponent is then backed up, well, I'll give that, you another that's one. A, that's a great recipe for unders. How about the last Thursday night game? Go back a week. Chiefs and Broncos. Yeah. What are they doing taking the ball out of Mahomes' hand so often and calling that the nonsense with the uh, tush push with the backup tight end? I mean, come on, out of the. That was gonna, was it a field goal formation? Mm-hmm. And they tried to, you know. Yes, yes. W- w- what? Why? You're way too cute at that point. Yeah, if Bethard goes, would you get a little uh, frisky here? Saints survivor or no? Can't trust Carr. Do you have any confidence in Bethard? Uh, no. Yeah, yeah. No, it's I, a top five fact, defense on the road. In fact, if it's Lawrence, I'd, I'm thinking of telling one of my buddies today, let's consider Saints tonight. There you go. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. Aggressive. Let's follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Paulie will run down everything that happened last night from a betting perspective in Win Some, Lose Some next year on VSIN. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a BB with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. 
Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Always follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah, yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSEN. Welcome in. It's good to have you on board. We are live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino in this hour. Brad Power is going to join the program. We'll go over a very strong slate this week in college football. Here, beginning this hour, talking soccer with our buddy Nigel Seeley. He's on Twitter or X. At Sealy underscore Nigel. Website is premiersportsplays.com. Nigel, good morning, mate. Thanks for the time. Let's begin in the prim. And your analysis here, your breakdown, what number stands out to you between Chelsea and Arsenal? Good morning, guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's uh, not probably going to be a surprise to you, but uh, I've been losing a lot of money on the Premier League so far this season with my commitment to the under two and a half goal market. Um, I, I'm a very much an under better, very, very similar to... Mike Palmer, obviously, uh, he's, he's, he's always an under-better. And we, we, we'll be losing lots of money in the Premier League this season with the way that the matches have started. But I, I'm still convinced that that trend will will change. Uh, when the games get a little bit more competitive and the squads get a little bit more tested, injury setting, and usually unders usually cashes from around about this time, November time, is usually when you see a lot of unders. And the main reason why the unders comes in that time is because the weather changes over here in the UK. Obviously, sort of, we've had a quite a decent summer, the long summer going into September, very hot September. But the weather now is really changing. And uh, this weekend, especially Saturday, there's going to be a lot of rain up and down the country, lots of blizzards, lots of lots of winds. And I think that's going to play a huge part on the unders betters this weekend. I think if you're in the Premier League and obviously we've been losing money with this extra time that's being added on in the yes. Premier League. Uh, I think teams now have actually got a little bit used to that, but we can't blame that. That's factored into the price. But I think at the early weeks, we definitely lost money on that. But I do think the weather does have, play a big part. And I think this match here is an interesting one because it's going to be played in the in Saturday evening when the worst of the rain is going to be hitting London. Lots of rain. So I think that's going to have a little bit of a part on that match, the way the game is going to be played. Both of these sides have had quite different starts to the Premier League season. Chelsea have had a very poor start. Arsenal have obviously been brilliant. They beat Manchester City. They think they're confident they can go one better than last year and actually win the title. And um, But I think Chelsea come in a bit of form. They're their best performance last time out, winning at Burnley. But this is a very different match against Arsenal. Uh, if we look at Arsenal's record on the road, it's phenomenal. They've won every single match this season on the road uh, in the Premier League. And they haven't conceded a goal. But in four of those wins, three of them have come unders. Three of those matches have been 1-0 wins. Chelsea at home in the Premier League, five matches this season, four of them have cashed unders. Um, throw in the elements, throw in it's a London derby. The fact that two of the last three years in this fixture, Arsenal have gone there and won 1-0. That's the kind of game I expect. Pochettino mm-hmm. was a former manager of Tottenham. Tottenham are arch rivals of Arsenal. There's a little bit of subplots in this match here. Um, so... After an international break, majority of these players would be playing all around the globe. I would kind of imagine both squads being decimated with players who are on international duty. They may be a little bit tired coming back. They may take their time. Terrible weather conditions. Two tides on the increase, on the improvement. I think this would be under two and a half goals. I think minus 110 is around about the price there. And if you're looking for a correct score, probably Arsenal to win 1-0. They've won that They've won that by that correct score, three in four of their road matches and two of the last three in this fixture. Great start to the season. Plenty of goals. 
high-scoring games, and it's bunched up. They're a good race for the top of the table as well. Uh, how about the 7.30 Eastern game to start, Liverpool and Everton, a unique bet you want to make in this one? Well, yeah, I mean, it's a prop bet. A lot of uh, markets are on the props. And the, the cards is the interesting market in this one. is obviously a local derby. Geographically, there's only two miles separating the two teams. There's a big park and Liverpool on one end of the park and uh, Everton on the other end of the park. So it's there's nothing, there's no, like, it's city. The city will be uh, absolutely up for this match. It's still the biggest match for Everton supporters against Liverpool to try to beat, get one over on their, their arch rival. And so usually historically, this match has been out of all the games in the Premier League, matches historically in the Premier League, this match here uh, is the one that produces the most yellow cards and the one that produces the most red cards. It's a, usually a very feisty affair. It's died down over the years. It used to be really, really high intensity, but the levels have dropped a little bit. And the reason why I think that is, is because there isn't a lot of homegrown players playing for Everton and Liverpool over the years. A lot of foreigners have come in, a lot of new players have come in. And I think it means a lot more for people who are actually born around the location of where the two sides are played in the history of this fixture. It's not the case this time around. Everton have got 10 players in the team who I would expect to play who are English. Uh, I think nine will definitely start will be English, maybe two on the bench are English. And about six of those are based locally to the area. So they know the importance of this match. It's a huge match for Everton. They need to get something from it. They, they, they come in on the back of their best win of the season. Um, the referee is a guy called Craig Pawson. Uh, he averages 5.1 cards this season. The line I want to take here is over five and a half cards at plus 108. Uh, it's a prop market, but in, in, if you look at Pawson's big matches, so the matches he's played that are big, high-profile matches this season, he refereed a, a game in the Champions League, he gave six yellow cards. He refereed Wolves against Manchester City, he gave nine cards. He refereed oh. Newcastle against Burnley, gave eight. And he refereed Everton against Wolves and gave seven. This match is probably the biggest, well, it is, it's the biggest match of all the matches he's refereed this season. He, had, he gave one uh, card in his first match this season and one card in his latest match as well. But in the bigger games, he likes to get dish the cards out. So he averages 5.1 cards per game. This match is the biggest match uh, of his season that he's officiated in. And this match is obviously the biggest for, for Everton supporters, definitely. And historically, this match has the most cards in the Premier League. So I'm going to go for over five and a half cards at plus 108. I think that uh, the fact that Everton have those, those homegrown players who really understand the importance of it, rather than a lot of players who've come over from uh, overseas that don't really get it, I think that's a huge factor. And I think Everton will get a lot of cards, a lot more than Ever uh, right. than Liverpool in this one as well. Great breakdown. Follow the money, Polly and Mitch Visa in the Sports Betting Network. Nigel Seeley, our guest at Seeley underscore Nigel on Twitter. Old reliable here. Wolverhampton, draw no bet. Wolverhampton against Bournemouth. Yeah, I mean, the usual bet I do is Wolves to be drawing at half time, but there's a subplot in this match here. They're playing Bournemouth at the weekend. It might not look the most appealing match for anybody to look at the features and think, oh, Wolves against Bournemouth. But uh, Wolves are managed by a guy called Gary O'Neill, who was the manager of Bournemouth last season. He guided Bournemouth to, to safety when they were the minus money favourites to get relegated. He was considered to be the, the the guy who could be potentially the manager of the season in Premier League, given what he did at Bournemouth Football Club with a very, very low budget. And Bournemouth sacked him. 
it was incredible. They got rid of him. Now he takes his Wolves side back to Bournemouth. The man who's brought in to replace him, Irolia, it hasn't worked. He spent an awful lot of money. They're conceding goals left, right and centre. They've conceded, I think it's eight goals in their last three matches. But defensively, they're about as much use as a chocolate uh, chocolate kettle. Absolutely terrible. And uh, I think you're going to see uh, Wolves here really put on a show. And, and I think they're going to they're going to beat Bournemouth. I was tempted by them by the money line. Uh, because of the Gary O'Neill fact that going back to his former club, he, he feels as though he's been let down that when he was sacked. But I think I'm going to say play it quite safe because we do know that Wolves do draw a lot of matches, especially in the first half. We know that they're uh, they're quite dogged in their approach. And uh, the other thing I like about this match is Wolves are a lot very physical team, and Bournemouth would like to be a little bit more on the ball, like to play football. And Bournemouth is right by the coast of England, so the rain and the wind comes in quite quite a lot at the Vitality Stadium. So I think the conditions will see, suit the more physical side, and of the two, Wolves are the more physical side. So I'm going to go for Wolves on the draw, no bet here. So we get a push if it's a draw, but. I've seen them bigger than two to one on the money line to actually get the win. And I wouldn't put anyone off having a very small wager on the Wolves to beat Bournemouth. All right. Excellent. Now you have my full attention. Let's go to the English Championship League. It's the league below the prem. Leicester City was relegated, but Leicester City is in first place this year. Uh, two up on Ipswich. You're looking at uh, Swansea City plus 350 here. You Give me the breakdown on this one. Yeah, I mean, I've actually bet Swansea to win the championship this season at the start of the season. They're not they're not going to win the championship. I mean, don't get me wrong, they're not going to win the, the championship because they had a very bad start to the season. They brought a new manager in called Michael Duff, who uh, was the manager at Cheltenham, and then he went to Barnsley, a team that you're following quite a lot, Cheltenham this season. He was, And he's a really good manager in the lower levels. And he's come to Swansea, and it didn't work out the first few matches. He got a lot of new players. It took them a lot of time to gel. They sold their centre forward to Leeds, who scores the majority of their goals. And it took them a real little bit of time to gel, but they were a really good side. And I've suddenly they've suddenly clicked. Just before the international break, they suddenly started to click. And I was watching their performances, and their performances were excellent. They've won their last four matches, and they've scored at least three goals in three of them and two in the other. So they've scored 11 goals in those four matches. Uh, they're a really good team, Swansea. They play some great football. And I think this will be a really good football match here. Leicester, obviously, they are the team to beat in the in the table. They're top of the table. They're unbeaten on the road this season. I think they've won ten and just lost once in in the in the in the uh, championship. But a lot of the Leicester players would have played on the international break. Would have travelled all around the world. They've got a lot lot of African players. They've got a lot of uh, South American players. They've got players in in Europe who played. Whereas Swansea, the majority of the team would have stayed at home. They wouldn't have had to travel. So I think if you're going to if you're going to get Leicester beat, this is the time to get them beat. And I think at plus three fifty, they're well worth a little bit of pizza money to get the better of Leicester, Swansea City at home. I think Swansea are a very good side. I think it's a real great football match. I think lots of goals. Both teams have scored yes, but at the prices, I think Swansea rep- represent a little bit of value. Okay, thirty seconds again. League Two, Ryan Reynolds Club, Wrexham. You said bullseye on their back to start, but now they're getting guys back. How about Wrexham uh, uh, Saturday? Your thoughts on them? Yeah, they're in, they're, well, they haven't had the best of starts, have they, Wrexham? They're a bit indifferent, but they're still fifth in the table yeah. and within touching distance of promotion. So it shows you how close it is in League Two. They play a Bradford side who sat their manager. They, since they sat the manager, they've won their last three. They're in form, but I just think that Wrexham got a little bit more about them here. I think at plus 150, they'll beat Bradford. There'll be a huge crowd here. 
in the English lower leagues, I think there are probably about 28,000 people oh, wow. watching this. In the England League too, it's a big, big match, this one. A big two teams with huge support. But I think Bradford, over the years, have never been able to get over the expectation of the home side. And the home side will be the home support. The home support will be right up for this match. And I think it falls into Wrexham's hands. So I think a plus 150, I'm going to go for Wrexham to get that good run to go in. Last time they played Wrexham, they were, they were, losing, they were losing and they scored two goals in the 89th and 90th minute to win. And I think that momentum will take them through, plus one All right. You can follow Nigel on X at Sealy underscore Nigel, website premiersportsplace.com. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Be good. There you go. Up next, today's card. Some incredible numbers in the spot for a team going. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Get a daily email recapping all the best bets from every host and guest. Unlimited access to the VEASAN.com slash picks page. Sort by sport, matchup, date, and more. Check the leaderboard to view betting records, profit, ROI, who has the hot hand, pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, hippo videos. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. $19 for your first month at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Here we go with the college football card this weekend. Professional sports better Brad Powers joins the show. He's on X at Brad Power 7, website bradpowersports.com. How are you doing today, Brad? How you doing well? Thanks for having me, as always. Yeah, you bet. You bet. You were strong on USC against Notre Dame last week. Did not go well for the Trojans, obviously, in the second half. Caleb had a bunch of picks. The defense, again, uh, okay, uh, it wasn't great. Um, but I don't. I also don't think that they were embarrassing against Notre Dame. They just gave that game away, in my opinion, with all the turnovers. Do you expect a bounce back this week against a tough Utah team? Well, first off, that was uh, one of my more embarrassing losers of the season. That's saying something. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously dead wrong on that one. I mean, unique data point as far as the turnovers, minus five. You give up a kick return touchdown. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the defense. Yeah, played okay. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not like Notre Dame had to drive the length of the field too often mm-hmm. <laughs> against them in that game. So uh, what do I expect moving forward? I do expect to bounce back this week, at least. I question their ability to beat the Oregon Washington down the stretch. But this week against a Utah team that has struggled offensively, I do like Caleb Williams and the Trojans to bounce back, specifically Caleb Williams after throwing three picks. So I'm just not sure Utah can keep pace offensively. It really is going to come down to this one one, one matchup. Uh, if Utah can run for about 200 yards or more, then they'll stay in the game. If they can't, then they're not going to be able to keep pace as far as I'm concerned. Now, you bet USC and you laid three and a half and four. Uh, At what part of the year did you do that in? Uh, I did that at 11.02 on Sunday morning. It was available at that time, at 11.02? Yes, at at Circa. So uh, Circa was four and three and a half might have been 20 minutes earlier at FanDuel. Okay, so that was one of the first games that you bet then on Sunday. Yep, absolutely. I was looking... You know, anytime a team's minus five in turnovers and what I described to be a misleading final, even though I thought Notre Dame deserved to win and cover, obviously, mm-hmm. I, I'm usually looking to attack there. And then so, I mean, I made it seven, seven and a half. So uh, it's always going to come down to the power rating. Does Oregon bounce back, laying three touchdowns at home to Washington State, who suddenly has issues? Yeah, I think they do. Now, I'm not recommending you go and lay the 20, uh, but but I do think Oregon's the right side in this particular game. And now I'll say this, if you want a hot take, not only do I think Oregon bounces back this week, but I kind of like Oregon to, to run the table. They, they get the, the all-important games against USC and Oregon State at home. And again, I don't think Utah offensively can keep pace with them. So I kind of like Oregon. You can find as high as plus 290 right there at Circa to win the Pac-12. I would have that game 
Oregon won over Washington on a neutral, even after Oregon lost to Washington last week. Yeah. So I kind of like getting nearly three to one uh, for Oregon to run the table and win the Pac-12. Okay, very good. Do you trust James Franklin? I do not. Uh, and not only James Franklin, I don't trust Drew Allar yet. I haven't seen it. The, you know, the reporter asked last week. Yeah. I didn't like how he phrased it, but it was a legitimate question. When you have the talent that Penn State has and you're not pushing the ball down the field, why? Why wouldn't you want your young quarterback to push the ball down the field? So when he gets into a game like this and he probably has to push it a little bit, uh, you, you'd like to know what you got. I don't know what uh, Penn State has because they haven't played anybody yet uh, w- with a pulse. So it's not like I like the Buckeyes this week because I, I don't really like Ohio State this year either. But uh, I, I I can't trust James Franklin on the road against a top 10 team. Okay, so I watch you on with Tim Murray and Sean King. And, and you like the under, and I'm with you on that one. If you can take us through the under, what you think there with the stats and numbers. But also you made a good point. Everything changes if if Notre Dame wins that game and they catch the uh, the interception or they don't get the fourth and 18, whatever it was. We're talking about Ohio State in a completely different ball game now. We are. I'm all about that. Change one play in one game and completely different narratives. And that would be the case with Ohio State. I'm not, Again, I'm not buying Ohio State. I'm not buying Kyle McCord. Uh, I, I know the stats say he's great. QBR's way up there. I don't know. The film I watch, I mean, Marvin Harrison has to adjust to the ball. Uh, Kate Stover's got turned like he contorted his body to, <laughs> to catch passes. I don't see it uh, w- with Kyle McCord. So, I, and I'll tell you another thing I don't see basic counting stats for Ohio State's run game. It's the worst in 20 seasons in oh. Ohio, at Ohio State. So, I'm not buying the Ohio State offense, particularly against at least statistically what is the number one defense this week uh, in Penn State, number one in yards per play. Ohio State's number two in yards per play on their defense side of the ball. So to me, this game this week screams 20-17-ish. to 17-ish. I mean, you look at the two teams, their biggest games, so to speak, so far. You had 31 points total in the Notre Dame-Ohio State game. I know Iowa stinks, uh, you know, considerably on offense, but that was a 31 total point game. So again, 20 to 17-ish with the Buckeyes winning this week is what kind of what I see. All right, Brad. So based on the conversation of just this game coming up on Saturday and what you said now over the last couple of minutes, I'm guessing despite who they played so far this year, you have Michigan as maybe a clear best team in the Big Ten? Not only that, I have Michigan now number one in my power ratings. Oh, there we go. And I'm comfortable saying that. I got them a couple points even ahead of Georgia at this point, especially with Georgia currently speaking without Brock Bowers. Um, that's how confident I am in Michigan. I know they haven't played anybody, but once the schedule's set, you can't control who you play. You can control how you play. And my goodness, the last three weeks, I mean, I know it hasn't been the best of the Big Ten competition, but I mean, when you're covering point spreads like they have in, in dominating fashion and just look the part, I mean, it, how they're playing the game is very repeatable on a week in and week out basis. I mean, just absolutely dominating the line of scrimmage. I like this Michigan team quite a bit. In fact, I mean, if I had to pick one team to win the national title right now, I know I'm not breaking news here, but Michigan would be that team. All right. Where are you at with Florida State? Uh, They're laying a big point spread against Duke and thoughts if they can go undefeated. Yeah, I think they can. Uh, Obviously, they get, uh, you know, Miami at home. Uh, Miami doesn't look as as good as what they once were. Uh, Florida on the road in that finale. Uh, I mean, Florida State's just better, in my opinion. And then this week, you get a Duke team uh, likely to be without Riley Leonard. I know Elko came out and said, oh, he's got a good chance to play. You know what the market did? Went the opposite way. As soon as it went down to 13 and a half, you saw that blow right through 14. I agree with that move. Uh, I think Florida State's the right side this weekend. I think they do. They're they the first team to get margin on Duke in the Mike Elko era. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like this Florida State team. I don't love them. 
Uh, they got to get more consistent on offense for me. Now, it's been unique. If you've been following Florida State closely, it's like every one of their star players has been on kind of a snap count. So I'm anxious to see once those guys rev up at the end of the season and their star players are playing 50, 60 snaps a game, a game instead of 30, what they really look like. Okay, very good. Um, right now, would you project Florida State as a playoff team? Yeah, I would. Uh, you know, certainly they're going to be favored in all their remaining mm-hmm. games. Uh, you know, not a huge favorite in the ACC championship game if they were to face like a, a North Carolina, but mm-hmm. they're still going to be close to a touchdown favorite in, in that type of game. So, yeah, they would be uh, they would be one of the four. If I had if you narrowed me down and said, hey, you got to pick four playoff teams right now. As we speak, Florida State would be one of the four, along with Georgia, Michigan. And I'm going to go Texas out of the Big 12. Texas. OK, so they would get revenge then probably on Oklahoma in the Big 12 title game. They would, and, and not only that, but they'd be favored in that game. They're going to be considerable yep. favorites in the remaining games in the regular season and turn right around and be at least a field goal favorite against Oklahoma. So where does that lead me as far as value? I mean, you can find Texas plus 115 to win the Big 12, kind of right where they were in the preseason. I kind of like that, okay. to say the least. Do you like Oklahoma laying a big number this weekend? I don't. I mean, I, I did bet it at 17, just playing a number. I I mean, I know we're not at a key number right now, but I'm not wild about it. It was just a bet I made because – you know, sometimes it's just anticipating the market. Oklahoma's covered every single game. You, yeah. UCF's yeah, looked yeah. like a piece of crap here in Big 12 play. So I just expected the number to go up. I honestly would bet back UCF if it ever touched 21. Okay, how about Alabama and Tennessee? And Tennessee won, but they had plenty of issues moving the ball against A&M. Yeah, very similar to Ohio State, Penn State handicap for me. I like the under because I yep. trust both teams' defenses, obviously, more than I do the offenses from a consistency aspect. I bet Tennessee last week, one covered, uh, wasn't impressed any stretch of the imagination. Joe Milton clearly is not anywhere near what the, 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 uh, Hendon Hooker gave that Tennessee offense last year. So I don't expect Tennessee to be able to run the ball with great success, like even you know compared to what they did against A&M last week. So that's going to force Joe Milton into throwing it a little bit, and that scares that would scare the heck out of me. What also scares the heck out of me is Tennessee's pressure on defense. They got some of the two best uh, pass rushers in the country, James Pierce, led by James Pierce, against an Alabama offensive line that's allowed Milrow to get sacked five consecutive games at least four times. I mean, historic uh, futility there for an Alabama offensive line. So both teams' defenses have the edge here. I, I'm expecting Alabama 27-17-ish. to 17-ish. Okay, sticking in that conference here in like 30 seconds. LSU, you bet them this week 25, late 25 against Army. It's now 31. What do you make of that number today? Yeah, I don't bet it now at yeah, 31. Yeah. I, I'll give you a bet, though, because everybody wants to bet a little to win a lot. I'm kind of intrigued by LSU futures-wise, uh, both in the Heisman and also the conference. Let's start with the conference. LSU can find as high as plus 950 at FanDuel to win the SEC. Uh, so I kind of like that one. And Jane Daniels, I think, is very live still to win the Heisman with his numbers. So you can find as high as 14 to 1 for Jaden Daniels. Oh, wow. Very good. Yeah, he's putting up some, uh, he's having a great year so far this year. And LSU, they're involved in all these high scoring track meets as well. Let's follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We'll continue talking to Brad Powers, professional sports better, coming up next. Some uh, other futures to look at, and what do you do with the lowest total you're probably ever going to see this weekend? We'll ask him next here on VSIN. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. 
Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Forget DraftKings Sportsbook this season. New customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. All customers get a no-sweat, same-game parlay every day. Download the app. Use promo code FOLLOW when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. Double shot with Brad Powers, college football expert. Pro sports better. Brad Powers 7 on Twitter. BradPowersSports.com. Fantastic newsletter. Most transparent better uh, that's out there. So in all your your time doing this and go, traveling all over the country and making bets, what are the three best futures that you have or are most proud of now in your portfolio? Oh, wow. Nothing like wild. I, obviously, the best one would be Michael Penix to win the highs when I have 20 to 1. And now he's a, a minus money favorite uh, in a lot of markets right now. So that would be my, you know, a good one. I, you know, I didn't go wild this year. I, I thought it'd be a year that we'd see a lot of the favorites actually win the conference championships. Uh, unlike a few years ago where we've seen a bunch of teams like 50 to one, 80 to one, hundred to one. Mm-hmm. I thought we'd get back to some normalcy there. So I don't have anything wild like air force six to one to win the mountain West. And I think they're pretty much even money. Now I'm not wild. I wouldn't bet even money. Now I can tell you that. In fact, I would yeah. take Fresno state five to one to win the mountain West. That would be a decent one. I'd let add to my portfolio. And then, uh, Miami, Ohio, who I think beats Toledo this week. I okay. got them nine to one. So nothing crazy. I don't have, I wish I could tell you, Hey, I bet Texas state 90 to one or something like that. I, I don't have anything wild in my portfolio, but I can tell you this of the, I looked at circa and a bunch of different uh, sports books. 
Every single favorite right now currently priced one or two in the conference I have in my portfolio. Okay. Okay. All right. Terrific. How about from a win total standpoint? That you now we're almost ha- we're halfway through the season. How some of those win totals look, or have you maybe cashed a ticket already there? Or I know I think I think you need one more win for that UMass. I think yeah. over one and a half they started with the win, but anything there? Yeah, I, uh, I've been waiting a while to cash that one since week one, week zero. Uh, <laughs> I, they got Merrimack coming up, so hopefully that's a win for them against an FCS opponent. Uh, Cashed uh, FIU won again last night, even though I liked UTEP. Uh, or actually, I liked Sam Houston in that game. Uh, so FIU went over their win total. They're up okay. to four. I think I got two and a half on that one. So uh, I'm on pace. I bet about every team's win total. In fact, and I bet some teams multiple times. So I had about 175 win total bets. I checked about 10 days ago to see what pace I was. A little over 60 percent it's not like i was laying minus 250 uh on these win totals so sure. it looks like it's gonna be profitable although i'll say this not as profitable as i expected or at least as what it was last season okay okay well then based on that comment uh give us a team or two or a better two that you were looking back now you're like oh boy did i whiff on that one well, i'll keep it local unlv i bet under six and a half i was super confident in that one okay bet it a couple times uh, I thought, I mean, my goodness, they've only won seven games one time in 22 years. <laughs> they got a new yeah, I coach. Yeah. I mean, you got to be kidding me. Uh, that, that's 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 a guarantee. That's a lock. Uh, yeah, that one's going down. Uh, and it's not going to take to the regular season finale to, to lose that one. So that that was pretty embarrassing to, to, to lose a local team like UNLV. I don't know who knew something here in town, uh, but, man, I, w- I wasn't that high on UNLV, even though I did like the hire. They're right there with Oklahoma and Penn State, best teams at covering numbers this year. Are you involved uh, with this Rebels game this weekend as they take on Colorado State? I took the over. It's taking some money. I mean, I, I love this unit on the offense. I love their OC. Colorado State games have been flying over the total until last week where they got a fortunate over there, the bad beat of the weekend, uh, to say the least there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I like the over. Never have to worry about weather. Both, both teams running some tempo. So over there. Right now at the side, I'd actually – I mean, it's not great that Colorado State won on a Hail Mary and they were controlled of, you know, 55 minutes of that game. But I, anything over a touchdown, I lean with the Rams. How about Old Miss and Auburn? You know, I took Auburn early in the week just playing a number plus seven and a half. But, man, diving into that more now, Ole Miss for me. Ole Miss probably top five, top ten pick of the week. Uh, anything under a touchdown. I don't think Auburn can keep pace offensively. We're just not good enough. Okay, and what do you make of Iowa and Minnesota now? And Iowa losing more guys on offense, and we got a total of 31. Yeah, I did bet over. Uh, I'm probably glutton for punishment after I bet uh, the over in the Wisconsin-Iowa game last week. Didn't even come close, but uh, teams are capable of turning the football over, uh, these two quarterbacks, so I I bet over 31. Uh, I do like Minnesota, anything above a field goal. Even though P.J. Fleck has not beaten Kirk Ferentz, not one time uh, in, in his tenure, I just think Iowa's so compromised offensively that I can't lay anything more than a field goal with them. Now they're ranked, so I'll ask you this. If this is a 10-6 game, they have Northwestern, Rutgers, Illinois, and Nebraska to finish the season. Talking about Iowa here. Moving forward, what would it take for you to bet another Iowa over? Oh, my goodness. Uh, Yeah, well, I mean, it's always number dependent. Uh, They start hanging, you know, 28. I mean... I, I've never seen that at the uh, at the FBS level. I've seen it at the FCS level. Yeah, I mean, I I could still, you know, 
I wouldn't be as willing as the last two weeks, but yeah, I, I, I could see myself getting there. I mean, let's face it, though. They're going to be favored in all those games. Yes, they are. Uh, I do not even have them in my top 40 in my power rings. Top 40. It's, it's not a good football oh, team. But Brad, yeah. project forward here. If they're 11-1 and one and they win these games and they come out of the Big Ten West and they're playing Michigan or Ohio State, what do you think they're catching in that Big Ten title game? Uh, at least three touchdowns. Which is saying something against uh, an Iowa defense is pretty good. But oh, right true. now, I'd have That's Michigan twenty-three over Iowa on a neutral. There, oh. See, I thought about this last night. Like, what would you make the Iowa team total against, let's say, Michigan or Penn State? Would you make it like? Would you want to get nuts and go like five and a half with the team total? Could you possibly <laughs> make it that low? Like, are they going to score a touchdown or two field goals in this game? Sure, you could. Wow. Yeah, I don't know if I go that low, but it would be single digits. I couldn't get the ten, nine and a half, probably at the highest. There's a good oh. game. There's a game I'll be on early uh, on CBS, Air Force Navy. Air Force quarterbacks out, and the line hasn't moved. So you know, could they run the table? And at least the kid has the ability to throw the ball. Now he's out, and they were coming off the high-scoring win against Wyoming. What are your thoughts on that game, and maybe the total now as well? Yeah, so there's two things that are really leading me towards the Navy side. I'm surprised the market hasn't moved. Number one, totals movement. Everybody betting the under. Well, when you have suppressed scoring um, and the total is down four or five points from the open, well, who's doing a majority of the scoring? The double-digit favorite Air Force. So you got to have suppression as far as the side goes there. And then, you know, is the quarterback worth three, four points? No, he was in a battle all fall, and they really didn't decide it until the start of the season. But he's been playing really well, Mm -hmm. and the offense, it's not like it lit the world on fire. In fact, the backup fumbled it a couple of times. So I like Navy. You need a best bet week one right here or this week. Let's go ahead and take Navy plus 10.5. There you go. Okay, all right. Um, What do you make of the Miami-Clemson number right now? How did you approach this game? So... Early gut told Miami anything above a field goal. Uh, I'm not buying this Clemson offense. So Miami, Miami's backs against the wall, two straight losses. So Miami plus three and a half is what I originally put in the pocket. Got down to two and a half. The Tyler Van Dyke injury comes out a couple days ago. I turned around late two and a half with Clemson. And then yesterday I saw the market, you know, oh, Tyler Van Dyke's probably going to play. I came back again on uh, Miami plus three and a half. So uh, to, to cut it short, a Clemson three-point win would be my biggest win uh, of the week. Okay, very nice. Uh, does an undefeated North Carolina Tar Heels team, that means a win over, let's say, Florida State in the ACC title game, undefeated North Carolina make the playoff? Oh, absolutely. An undefeated team from a, a Power 5 conference is in. If no it's doubt. not, then the system's broke. Yeah, yeah I mean, come on. Uh, yeah, they, they, they got to be in. And, and doable. They are at Clemson. Uh, and Clemson's not as good as what we anticipated. And again, they'd be about a five and a half, six point dog to, to Florida State in, in the ACC championship game. All right. Hope it happens. Great job. Thanks for doing a double shot. Good luck this weekend. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. He's great. Thanks, Brad. Brad Powers, seven on Twitter, bradpowersports.com. Circa put that up now. Undefeated regular season. Regular season. North Carolina, four to one. Washington, plus 225. Mm. Oklahoma, plus 150. Michigan plus 155, Georgia even money. Undefeated regular. They added that. And they added, like Brad talked about too, where they still have to win every conference and Air Force now $1.10. What's the no on Oklahoma? Probably $2. Minus 180? Something, ne- yes. In that neighborhood? Yeah, okay. Right. Well, I know you're anti Oklahoma, so that's, I mean, they're going to keep catching, cashing uh, tickets every week too, covering all these numbers. So if that number is right uh, at Oklahoma State, that I'm going to be on the Cowboys. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind. Based on that history, 
based on Gundy and uh, based on how Oklahoma State has gotten better now over recent weeks. And uh, I don't care about, you know, Oklahoma being unblemished against the spread. If that number is high enough, absolutely, I'm going to be on Okie State. Do you think Oklahoma's going to run the table? I do. Yeah, and I, I don't see it happening. Yep. I think they can oh, lose. They will run the table in the regular season. Then I think they will lose to Texas in the rematch. You don't think Kansas or Oklahoma no. State will get them? No. No, I don't think I Bedlam. trust Gabriel. I don't think Bedlam's going to no. go very well no. for the Sooners this year. Oh, he usually kicks his ass. So, uh-huh. I mean, Gundy's horrible, and I think horrible record in Bedlam. I got to go back and look, but it, there, I think it's I think it's atrocious. Yeah, he's had some times where the game, the teams for the for Oklahoma State not great, and they walloped Oklahoma when Oklahoma had a chance to play for the national title. Mike Palm joined us in studio coming up next. Circus Survivors below eighteen hundred entries. A person was allowed to have ten. Wait until you hear how many people have all ten remaining. Don't forget DraftKings Sportsbook this season. New customers can bet $5 and pocket 200 in bonus bets instantly. All customers get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app. Use promo code FOLLOW. Follow when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. Get up there. Here we go. Uh, Fantasy Football Hall of Famer Paul Charchian joins the program now. His website is guillotineleagues.com. Charch, always a pleasure talking to you here on Thursday morning. How are you? Well... I mean, I'm doing great. I, like, I don't want to brag, but earlier today, I got up out of a chair without groaning. Feeling pretty good about that. Well, you feel, yeah. You'll take a win, huh? That's any, a win. Any small That's win right. now is good. Good. Okay. All right. I like it. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I have Travis Etienne in one of my biggest, um, you know, like redraft leagues or dynasty leagues. And it's been great the last couple of weeks. Because he's scoring touchdowns. Yes, he went nuts against the Bills a couple of weeks ago, had 130 mm-hmm. plus yards. But overall, like he's not, it, it hasn't been like 22 carries for 150 in these games, right? It's right. been kind of a struggle. Right. And now he gets his Saints defense tonight that is uh, good. What do you expect out of Travis Etienne? Yeah, he's been good. I mean, maybe even very good, far better than any of his previous seasons. And, you know, in the preseason, I was worried that Tank Bigsby, the rookie, was going to come in and steal some of his roles as a pass catcher, as a goal line guy, because Etienne hadn't proven himself in those roles at all. And Tank Bigsby was good in those ways in college, but that hasn't materialized at all. Bigsby's barely seeing the field. Tricky matchup tonight, though, and maybe his toughest of the year. The Saints are the only team that has not allowed a running back touchdown, ground or air, and they rank eighth best in run stuff win rate and eighth best in overall run defense by pro football focus. This is a very tricky matchup for Travis Etienne. And if there's a game that looks like one where you want to throw a little caution, this would be the one for Travis Etienne. Now, given how well he's done, he's still inside my top 10 of runners. He's my number seven ranked running back this week. But still, there's there's reason, you know, reason for pause here. It's he's getting it done on a lot of volume and the volume still it may it, the volume may not be the same this way, particularly because it's a lot easier uh, to beat the Saints on the ground than or on the air through the. Well, it should be somewhat easier anyway, through the air than on the ground. Well, this is just not only for tonight, but moving forward, uh, what we do with the, the Saints offense. So this is. Yeah. I thought I was excited that, OK, you get car and now they yeah. should be good off anything but right. No, I mean, in most most ways, statistically, 
The Saints were better with Andy Dalton last year than what Derek Carr yeah. is giving them. It is a lateral move at best. So last, I'm going to compare last year's Dalton to this year's Carr. They're effectively tied in yards per game, interceptions per game. But last year, Dalton threw touchdowns at almost double the clip of Carr. Carr is sitting at 0.8 touchdowns per game. That is Zach Wilson territory. That is Mac Jones territory. Mm. These are guys who should not be starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Dalton's passer rating last year, seven points higher than Carr's this year. Now, all that said, the Jaguars are getting rocked through the air. They're allowing the fourth most passing mm. yards, despite facing Desmond Ritter, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson in his first ever NFL game. I mean, so there's still going to be some opportunity for Carr. But this feels like sort of a watershed game. If he can't get it going here, and by get it going here, I mean, like, give me 280 yards and two or three touchdowns in this game. Then I think there's, I think I'm ready to just say from at least a fantasy standpoint, I'm off Derek Carr. Okay. And, I'm, you know, this is if I can't start him here, what am I? Why is he even on my roster? I don't blame you. Well, then, OK, so with the, the Trevor Lawrence news again, we just found out from Adam Schefter 15 minutes ago. Looks like a true game time to see a decision is possible tonight. Yeah. So then, what? OK, based on that, you're going to want to play that carefully, obviously. But then what about the guys who uh, he throws the ball ball to like uh, Evan Ingram, Ridley, no, no Zay Jones tonight. So what do you think the breakdown is here? Right. Zay Jones likely not expected to go. Uh, Ridley has been so enigmatic, right? This is a very tricky matchup. Two gigantic games for Ridley. Gigantic games. The other four, straight up garbage, statistically anyway. So super combustible fantasy pick that you got to be very careful about. The Saints secondary looks very good on paper, and they were good last year. But the one thing you got to realize, the quarterbacks they faced, probably the easiest stretch of quarterbacks of any team. Tannehill, Bryce Young, Jordan Love, Baker Mayfield, C.J. Stroud. I mean, come on. I mean, that is that is some wobbly passing right there. And it's statistically they look good, but I'm not so sure that that's a great matchup. Now, Ridley runs from the outside. He doesn't. He's not a slot guy. He runs from the outside. Saints have got two good cornerbacks. They got Marshawn Latimer, who's been good for years. Paulson Adebo, who's gotten better. Get this: those two guys combine to allow two and a half catches per game. That's it. Wow. So this is a it's a tricky spot for Ridley. And with Lawrence up in the air, I think you you want to this feels like a, a, another real opportunity for him to pitch a dud at us. All right. Follow the money here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, Fantasy Football Hall of Famer Paul Charchin is our guest. His website is guillotineleagues.com, where you can still draft leagues moving forward uh, this week. Okay, so then if you're talking about if Derek Carr can't get it going tonight against this uh, Jaguar secondary, I'd say the same thing. Off the bye week here, I mean, what do we know about Matt LaFleur at this point? Jordan Love did not look good uh, no. in that game. Monday night game out here against the Raiders. Well, now look at the defense they're taking on. The worst in football in the Broncos. What are you expecting from Love and some of the skilled guys for the Packers in that game? Well, so, yeah, something's got to give here, right? Which is worse, Jordan Love or Denver's defense? I think it's probably Denver's defense. Yeah, maybe. Just, maybe. Uh, well, maybe. I, yeah. uh, it, his play is super ugly, right? So you got the slow processing in the pocket. I mean, you can you can almost feel the synapses you know, popping in his brain when he goes back to pass. The awful accuracy, he ranks dead last in accuracy in the league. He's conducting on just 55% of his passes. But, and here's the funny thing. Packers, it's not as it's not the pass blocking. It's not like he has to make these instant decisions. The Packers have the fourth best pass blocking by Pro Football Focus and the fifth best pass block win rate by ESPN. So it's not the fault of the blocking. But here's why Jordan Love remains a fantasy factor, if nothing else. He's got the two things that you need 
for fantasy success as a quarterback, a big arm and mobility. And Denver is obviously a perfect spot. Denver allows the second most fantasy points to quarterback. They allow the most passing yards and the most passing touchdowns. So Jordan Love in a, in a bye week with six teams on bye and a bunch of quarterback injuries, mm-hmm. we're starting Jordan Love. The opportunity's here. How creative can we get uh, staying with that theme then with the quarterback position, with injuries and buys? We can get pretty creative, and we're going to have to. Uh, if you got to go to the waiver wire and just find a guy, a backup quarterback to go fill in for one week. How about Tyrod Taylor? Or is it Tyrod, by the way? I'm a little fuzzy on the Tyrod versus Tyrod part. Okay, yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's not clear on me. Uh, he goes up against the Commanders. They've allowed multiple touchdowns to everybody except Josh Dobbs in week one. Um, that include, includes passers like Desmond Ritter, you know, Justin Fields, who have combined for six touchdowns passes the last two weeks. You know, even Tyron Taylor might be able to get that done. And here's the kicker for Taylor, who's very mobile. Commanders have allowed the second most quarterback rushing yards. And last year, in the two games that the that Daniel Jones faced Washington, he ran for 106 yards. So, I mean, the game scripted him on the ground, and it worked beautifully. So, Taylor's every bit as mobile as Daniel Jones. So, yeah, if I got to go if I gotta go to the waiver wire to find a quarterback, I'm trying Tyrod Taylor here. All I don't right. know, by the way, whatever his betting rushing line is, you may want to go over on that. Okay. Um, right. You're based in Minneapolis. Uh, they are hosting. The Vikings are hosting the 49ers on Monday Night Football. Yeah. Uh, what, no Justin Jefferson, as we saw. This probably is not going to go well for Kirk Cousins. So, who do you trust here in this Vikings offense? Not many people. So your one game sample size for life without Justin Jefferson for the Vikings, their offense generated zero touchdowns, ran the ball for two yards per carry, and Kirk Cousins threw for 180 yards mm. against Chicago. Mm. So about your your starters here are basically this. TJ Hawkinson, who you have to start every week because there's no good tight ends and he's still getting a lot of use. Um, This is a very tough matchup for a defense that ranks number one in coverage, uh, number one in pass rush by pro football focus. So nervous about Kirk Cousins, who you normally start pretty much every single week, leads leads the league in touchdown passes. But this is a tricky one. Now, if you do need a ray of hope, it's this. The Niners have played a very weak slate of quarterbacks. The only Cousins level passer they faced, Matthew Stafford, did fine. He threw for 307 yards and a touchdown. So you could... Kirk is a tricky start. He's been in my top five most every week. This week, quarterback 13 on Monday night. I don't blame you. Tell everybody about the website and how they can still draft at guillotineleagues.com. So the format for guillotine leagues works like this. Instead of playing fantasy football head-to-head, instead, every week, the low-scoring team gets chopped. All their players go to the waiver wire, where the rest of us build superstar rosters every week. All you have to do is not finish last. It's guillotineleagues.com, and we're creating new leagues every week at guillotineleagues.com. Very good. And Charge also uh, hosts a very, very good podcast called Fantasy Football Weekly. He's been doing that for many, many years. Thanks, pal. As always, we appreciate Thank you, the my time. friends. Yep. Talk to you next week. Thank there you, sir. Go. Yeah. On Twitter, at Paul Charge. Final score tonight? 21-17 Saints. In that range? All right. And 6-3 uh, Astros. They win to make it 2-2. Good luck to you. What about the Phillies? Cover the run line? Pain. Yeah. They cover the run line. Not 32 runs in four games there this year. Fott, the guy to shut it down? Oh, I can't see Okay. Uh, if you missed any of the show, you can go back and search. Follow the money wherever you get your podcast. Best of luck tonight.
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.